What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, October 29th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. It's been very quiet without you here. How's it feel now? Yeah, I, I heard you yesterday, you and Tim <laughs> talking, and you started off your thing, and I was like, mm. You don't. You have a different style, to it, which I, I appreciate. Yeah, decibel level is a lot lower. I don't for like. Me. I don't want everybody coming here trying to do Greg Miller. All right, I mean, that's not going to happen. Only Jen does Greg Miller. <laughs> all right? I want everybody else coming in here, and I want them having their own way to do it. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about how was Canada? It was good. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was very very nice. Obviously, they sell the fall colors up there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what I was more surprised at: New Jersey. Okay, you what's know? surprising about New Jersey? Uh, it was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was lovely. It was very just suburban, as I like the burbs I grew up in. I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean? You think mm-hmm. when I, I, for me, Greg Miller, thinking of New Jersey, obviously I think of the Kevin Smith flicks, but I more think of like, oh, it's right next to New York. This right. is going to be a sprawling New York. And I think I went to Jersey City once, and that's kind of what it was still because mm-hmm. it was like right there. It was like right off, you know, one of the first stops or whatever. This time around, no, very just it, it was very like, peaceful, calm. Stayed a residence in, just chilled out. You know what I mean? Did you eat any healthy thing while you were in of that state? Of course not. Please. Okay, no. good. Why would I do like, that? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I had Italian if food you're... that was off the charts. Then I had that uh, the Taylor ham everybody's always talking about. Yeah, if you're in New Jersey, you have to just eat like a pig the entire time. I feel like that's just vacation in general, which as somebody yeah. who travels all the time is why I look like this. Because <laughs> every time you go anywhere, it is very much like, oh, we got this crazy. Man, we love taking Twinkies and rolling them up in a fucking sausage and then deep frying. You got to have it. Like, I got to have it. Yeah. When am I going to be here again? I come from a place where deep fried Coke is a thing they just sell God, at places. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Georgia, like they just sell deep fried Coke at well, restaurants. It, so what? How I, does that work? Yeah, I don't know what deep fried Coke is. It's kind. I don't know how I describe it. Like it's kind of like a soup with just Ew. it's Coke but deep fried. I imagine. So wait, whoa, wait, no, I need more than that. I need more than that. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like a. Yeah. So is it just a? What's where's the frying happen? Like, are you eating it? Is there like, is like a pot pie that I break into with a spoon, and then there's coke? Yeah, underneath? that's a, that's I think a good example. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Ew. What is this? so the coke's warm then? Yeah. Okay. It's warm, but like it's a very syrupy. It tastes more like apple pie than you would think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Still not into it. Yeah. yeah. No. I, Still sounds. Gross. You wouldn't be into it. It sucks, but <laughs> it exists. You gotta try it. It's yeah. like uh, when I was in the suburbs of Chicago growing up, there was a Mexican restaurant. And I'm blanking on the name. It was like one. Of the, it wasn't a big chain. It was like a local chain where it mm-hmm. had a couple of different locations. And they did uh, fried ice cream. Right. And I always thought that Ooh. sounded like the coolest thing. But this yeah. this restaurant was not on like my uh, my parents like Rolodex where we went. Mm-hmm. So I never mm-hmm. had it. Yeah, we had a similar place uh, over in Cleveland. Fried yeah. ice cream. It was the fucking bomb. Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. My problem is I get the entirety of the like the fried food part of my life yeah. done every week at E3 because that's all you can buy. It sure. just Fry, fries with shit on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you eating the convention center? That's your problem. I, well, Gotta I mean, get out of there. But I understand I have, yeah. your schedule. I have actual work to do, which right, meant, right. or I did. So this year, who knows? <laughs> Next year, who knows? You'll yeah. be working in a booth with me in a different kind of pumpkin jacket. <laughs> because this is kind of funny games daily. We're talking about EA coming crawling back to Steam. You being able to upgrade your Xbox to the next box. And Kotaku's going to war with its owners. This is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you? 
This Thursday, Halloween Day, 4 p.m., it's Halloween Hellscape, our long-promised kind of funny federation pay-per-view to decide the kind of funny championship and get this all whipped back into shape. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know Tim's been editing it like crazy. You were here for the... the you were here for it, whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> for the, that mess of a thing, yes. For that m- mess of a thing. We're very excited to share it with you. Uh, YouTube.com slash Games. We're doing a YouTube premiere 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can be there, watch live with us, chat along with us. Of course, if you want to watch it later, it'll be on YouTube.com slash Games. Uh, Extra Life is this Saturday. Uh, November 2nd. It's 24 hours of games for charity. You can join our team right now at kindoffunny.com slash extra life or use that exact same link to watch and donate on the day. One of the best things we do each and every year. Remember, we'll begin com- community hosting on uh, the one and only uh, twitch.tv slash games as soon as we sign off with programming on Friday. As Barrett points out, you can go get the team Kind of Funny apparel. All proceeds going to the team and the, the, hold on a second because i believe I, I was listening today mm-hmm. to the show i believe this is kind of funny.com slash el shirto yes or el shirt which uh works I, I, el shirto i think was a morning show joke i think oh was it because it, it sounds so much like something cool greg was and they're like hey it cool was, greg make me a short link and he's like el shirto yeah <laughs> i think it was a nick scarpino thing god he sucks yeah uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack A. Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Escape the Invasion and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news! Baird, I got five items for you. A baker's dozen! Number one. EA's coming back to Steam. If that doesn't make any sense to you, I like this from Kotaku. Mike Fahey writes, EA abandoned Valve's digital game store in 2013 in favor of its own origin digital ecosystem, a move many PC gamers considered annoying and bad because <laughs> it was. Uh, the official report from EA reads like this. EA, I'm sorry, Electronic Arts and Valve have partnered to put EA games into the hands of the players on Steam. Starting next spring, EA Access, our ever-growing subscription service powered by great games and member benefits, will be making its way to Steam. EA Access is the first and only game subscription service available on Steam and the fourth platform featuring an EA subscription. The partnership kicks off with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order launching on November 15th and available for pre-order today. In the coming months, players on Steam will also be able to play other major titles like The Sims 4 and Unravel 2. Multiplayer games like Apex Legends, FIFA 20, and Battlefield 5 will become available next year, and players on both Origin and Steam will have the ability to play together. A library of titles awaits you in the vault, but beyond the games themselves, EA Access enhances your gaming experience with a medley of rewards. Get the red carpet treatment with exclusive catalog-wide discounts and in-game member benefits for some of our biggest franchises. Keep an eye out for more news and updates on this partnership in the coming weeks and months. Imran, as mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, uh, this came up briefly yesterday with you and yeah, Tim. Yeah, when it was rumor. still a rumor. Yeah. yeah. What's your take on the official announcement? The official announcement is actually we kind of got it right. It was like, I think we said, oh, it's probably because of Star Wars, because Battlefront 2 did dis- disappointingly on Steam. Yeah. And if Star Wars can't get or people origin. to come... Or on Yeah, on Origin. Yeah. <laughs> if Star Wars... It, it, yeah. it, the sales sucked on Steam. Yes. <laughs> the... Uh, if Star Wars can't get people to download your launcher and play that game, and yeah. there are other problems with Battlefront too. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that can't do it, a single player Star Wars game isn't going to be able to. Yeah. So if you want to make some money and you want to not piss Disney off, you and as the timer on that deal starts ticking down a little bit, yeah. you want to show them that you can make some revenue from this thing. You got to play that bottom line, yeah. right? So this is a good way to do it. Like, hey, we're going to come back to Steam, and we we're, we still want you to be in Origin. You still have to have Origin for the game. It's just you can now buy it on a platform that 
many Steam users don't ever want to leave for any reason. So do you think this is the beginning of the end for Origin? It's that's a longer question. So like well, we got all the time in the world, big guy. So it, well, I, we talked about it a bit, bit yesterday. But Andrew Wilson is he came from Origin. That was his baby mm-hmm. when he was at E or not CEO of EA. Yeah, I think as the power struggles of EA are kind of going on right now, that Wilson is kind of slowly being pushed out a little bit, and Laura Miele is being groomed to take his place. Yeah, it starts making sense of like. Okay, do we really need Origin for all these things? Like, it's nice to have that thirty percent, but if the numbers aren't making sense, sure. then why not? I don't think this is a complete phase out of Origin. I think it's a more of a you playification of Origin. Ah, okay. Where that store still exists, but what they want is for you to have the account, right? So and, when you yeah. wherever you're playing your EA game and you do it, or your in this case Ubisoft, but yeah. what you're talking about going forward, even if I turn on my PlayStation Four, it is well once you link up your Origin same way I link up my Ubisoft account, so I get, I get all my cool uh, coins that I then go and exchange for better Division Two exclusive items. Yeah, and then they can report MUAs every quarter instead of like oh this game actually sold very little on Origin. Yeah, versus, yeah. yeah, exactly. Started dressing up the numbers that way. Yeah, interesting. And like I've, I've talked to EA people a couple of years ago, and they t- mentioned to me like what if there was a future where it doesn't matter where you buy a game as long as you have the login credentials, you're good. Yeah, that's kind of where they want to seemingly go eventually with EA Access. So bringing that kind of stuff to Steam makes sense. Sure, because it doesn't matter where they sell the the game then, because then they have the uh, subscription numbers instead, and that gives them a big, better bottom line than a single game sale with an extra thirty percent on top. So then my next question for you is, because we haven't talked about this, what do you, where do you think the Star Wars deal is going to end with them? Are they going to get it renewed? Do you think they're able to turn the tides to actually get this exclusivity again after this first 10 years? The only company I could see really fighting them for it is Ubisoft. And I don't know that Ubisoft is necessarily equipped to deal with them. I think Disney has always been like, they don't care how many games are made or the quality of the games made as long as that keeps the game in relevant or keeps the name in relevant gaming circles sure and also they're not causing a controversy they fucked up on that last part yeah just a bit yeah like to the point where bob eager had to call wilson it's like what the hell are you doing with what the, the fuck's like, a loot box and why are you fucking this up yeah <laughs> why is the government involved with our game now yeah so i think ea has probably like smoothed that over with them now yeah so I think it's theirs to lose. Do you think at all like they're going to take a pay? Like you talk about it being Disney, but like Disney obviously owns Marvel, so you get to look at Marvel games and see what they're doing right. Yeah, and I think their approach is. And I grant that I'm talking from the gamer perspective, but their approach is so much more exciting, so mm-hmm. much obviously paying dividends right now in terms of what we've seen so far. Like I would much rather go that way, where they're like, "Cool, thanks for your help, EA. We'll still talk. We're still going to work with you for Jedi Fallen Order too. Like, you know, that's a great, that's all going. But we want to be able to expand the universe and put it out to different yeah. people. And I think it's it's a matter of there's different people in charge of that, and neither of them have proven to Eager or the people above them, or between Eager and them, that this is the correct method of doing it. Yeah. I imagine Marvel Games is a stronger argument now. Yeah, we'll see how it works out by the end of next year, how they're still feeling about it, but. I it's interesting though because like Star Wars stuff is a lot more rigidly controlled too. Yep. Like with Marvel, you can make a new Avengers thing that has nothing to do with the Avengers movies. Exactly right. They they understand the multiverse. It's actually a pretty big cornerstone right now of Marvel, right? Yeah. Whereas no Star Wars, their whole shtick with Disney was like cool. Everything EU before, forget about it. But everything going forward is real, is canon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they start calling games Star Wars Legends games at some point and just like putting that branding on them? It's like here's a new Shadows of the Empire or whatever. Yeah. I mean. 
That would be cool. Bring Dash Rendar back. Of course, of course. Yeah, of Dash course. Tag. Yeah, well, I mean, like, don't get crazy. I mean, there's a million things. Nice the old Republic. There's a whole bunch of cool things we could do again. Yeah, get it out there. You figure John Drake's on the inside now, right? Yeah. I, I, he doesn't touch. He doesn't do he Star, doesn't Wars, do Star Wars, Wars or Marvel. Those yeah. are the ones. But I think he's there in those conversations enough where he'd be able to say, "Hey, I, I'm not your boss, but this is the right way to do yeah. this." Right? I mean, harass him first about the Disney afternoon shows and make them like new games on them. But other than that, other than that, yeah. that you want that to be the next priority. Yeah, I, there should be a new Ducktales game, like a new one based should on a new show. Like, I mean, should there be? Yeah, because the new show's fucking awesome. The new show is great. It's awesome. But great. like, do what? I mean, what kind of game are you gonna get out of that? It's gonna be a game for kids, and then no, everyone's gonna be like, I, 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 I think, think it should easy. be like, no, I it's think all it should be like the same gameplay for, from the original one, but then like uh, update the graphics, make it seem they more did like that. the. Well, no, I'm not saying just do a remake. I'm saying like oh. a sequel game, but it's uh, the new Ducktales like uh, show and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fucking rad. I, I would totally take that. I take a Telltale kind of game, honestly. That that show is weirdly good. Okay, fair. Mm. Fendi writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can. It says, Happy Halloween's Eve Eve, guys. <laughs> EA just announced that they are returning to Steam, and I can't help but wonder why. Epic Games offers better benefits to the developers of the games and is steadily growing. Is it because EA and Epic are competing against each other with Apex Legends and Fortnite? Looking forward to your thoughts and have a great day, Fendi. Yes, that's it. Like, that's 100% they, it? They don't want Epic to become bigger because Epic becoming bigger is a problem for them and their market. It's not necessarily just Apex Legends and Fortnite, though that said, I'm kind of perusing the Epic Game Store and you can, you're wrong me about this if I'm wrong, but I don't see another Battle Royale game on the store. Like I have a game store. Yeah, I don't like. Maybe there's a mode in one of these games, but there's. Uh, what was World War Z? That was a Left 4 Dead type, right? World War Z, yeah, is like Left 4 Dead. Uh, then yeah, I don't see one. I granted, I could be completely wrong just looking at it, but I think Epic wants to keep the focus on Fortnite, so maybe they don't want to give Epic more power. Epic certainly doesn't want more competition in their space. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense for an enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. To work with Steam and become better buddies with them, be like, yeah, <laughs> team ca- up, right? Yeah, to team up to take these guys who are coming on and taking a pie. And both your, what Epic is doing right is fucking with both Steam and EA and Apex, right? So you're kind of teaming up to go after the bully or whatever, right? Or the biggest kid in the block, I guess. Yeah, and honestly, like Steam doesn't have a direct competitor themselves. And that was always one of the. It, like years ago, one of the issues people had with Steam was that you're giving Valve all this money for them to make better games and eventually push you out of the market. Now Valve, Valve doesn't really make that many games, and the games yeah. they do make kind of don't turn out great. But I can see the argument for EA to come in like, okay, well, Steam actually has more players. It has a larger user base. So it makes sense to put Apex there just by the numbers. But also from a political perspective, it doesn't make sense for us to embiggen epic with with our game yeah 100 percent. i think you're right and again what we're talking about right if you're trying to fatten up these numbers for a star wars game yeah uh, your you know active users the amount of sales then yeah go to steam where there are still way more people and and way less controversy too yeah and they still have an origin account if you yeah exactly toss out the whole idea of like hey you know the we have two battle royales competing with each other it would just be of course the evilest corporation's going to team up with the worst launcher that's selling my information to china and yet you know i mean like yeah the internet writes mm. itself in that one. And like the biggest competitor for Fortnite is PUBG on Steam. PUBG is a paid product. Apex Legends is not. Yeah. Great point. Uh, Tagless02 says the other Battle Royale game on the Epic Game Store is Spellbreak Mage. Oh, no. It's Spellbreak Mage-based Battle Royale. 
Great. I'm sure that would have competed with Apex and Fortnite. You would have crushed it. <laughs> uh, number two on the Roper Report. Let's talk about Xbox All Access. Uh, Xbox All Access. Uh, you're going to be able to upgrade that Xbox One X to a Project Scarlet. This is Matt Kim at IGN. Microsoft has announced a new plan that would allow prospective Xbox owners to lease a new Xbox One X console that they can then upgrade to a Project Scarlet when it comes out. It's called Xbox All Access, and here's how it works. Essentially, Xbox All Access is a subscription service where members can make a monthly payment and pay off a new Xbox One X or Xbox One S console in about two years. The monthly fee is different depending on the type of Xbox you choose to purchase. Prices range from 20 bucks for an Xbox One S all digital to $31 for an Xbox One X. Microsoft previously announced the all-access service, but it now comes with the added option of upgrading to a Project Scarlet when it comes out in holiday 2020. To do so, all Access members will need to sign up for the program before December 31st, 2019. Then, they'll get the opportunity to upgrade their Xbox One X to a Project Scarlet after 12 successful payments. For Xbox One S or Xbox One S All Digital Editions, they'll need to make 18 months of payments before being able to upgrade. Microsoft is making flexibility a major part of their console ecosystem thanks to subscription services like All Access and Xbox Game Pass. While not unlike a phone plan, the Xbox All Access plan is different in that it's not a rent-to-own payment plan. Instead, prospective members need to be approved by Microsoft's credit partners to qualify for All Access. The cell phonification of consoles begins. Yeah, we've been joking around and talking about it forever, but mm-hmm. here you go, right? Yeah, this is straight up a cell phone plan for consoles, which is good for Microsoft. That's how they want to measure their revenue from here on out. Yeah. And I think it's what Phil Spencer has been pitching to Satya Nandela for the last couple of years of if we can keep people in the ecosystem, then we get a continuous revenue stream from it. This is one of the ways they plan to do it. And it's them. Go- it's interesting taking the subscription idea, right, and these incremental payments from Xbox all- Game Pass, right? something that's software-based to hear literally the hardware. Right. And, like, also then now, again, because it's been announced before, but now dangling this carrot at the end of the stick of, like, well, you can just upgrade to Scarlet, too. You know what I mean? If you get in right now, you don't have to worry about it. And I think as everybody starts to think about next gen, you start to wonder and not worry, but wonder what the price points are going to be on these things. Yeah, if so, you're someone who, like, upgrades your phone every time there's a new phone, you don't want to get into the upgrade cycle late because then you're, you'll be sitting there waiting for a new phone when like are waiting to upgrade your phone until your thing runs out. Yeah. So like this is one of these things that cell phone companies already do of, hey, just give us your old phone and we'll let you upgrade to the new one or right. whatever. And like that's a smart way like it is smart for them to come out and announce it. I think these kind of pay to own plans kinda of suck. Yeah. Like why is that? I think it's a better dollar value, even though I know it's not a reasonable ask for some people in terms of like their revenue and like their income and all that. I think it's a better dollar value for you to actually buy the thing and then subscribe for the things you need. Mm, I see what you're saying. Beyond, like, you, they wouldn't make this a deal if they thought that it wasn't revenue beneficial to them. Sure. It's the normal thing, too, of like letting it sit there, right? It's just like Game Pass, yeah. where you subscribe and they hope in some way you forget about it, right? They also hope you enjoy the games and do it, but if you're just letting it roll over and you're only playing... Want a couple titles every year, they're happy with that as well. Right. Same thing here. Whereas if you have the box and it's ge- generating income, even if it's just sitting there not being used, they're happy about that. Yeah. That said, if you do get all those things and you do for some reason want all of them but want an Xbox One right now, and there's good reasons to get one. Like there are great games right now on Game Pass. You, this is not a terrible plan. Yeah. Like this is actually would work out fairly well for you, especially if you plan to upgrade to the Scarlet. What this also does for Microsoft is it lets you get into that. And when details come out about a PlayStation 5 and the whatever Scarlet actually is, you're already kind of locked in. Yep. 
Hey, because like, right, the, the smartest thing about this, right, is that they're talking about, all right, cool, it's going to take you 12 successful payments right. to get in, in line for that. So basically, that means start right now, right? Yeah. Because you figure it, if you started right now and got your 12th payment at the end of October, yeah, that would check out. In November, probably, is when they launched Scarlet, mm-hmm. and, you know, how they've done everything in the past, then you're ready to go right there. Yeah. Like, the, the clock is ticking. Do you want it right now? Do you want it for just 30 bucks? Do you want an, a Scarlet in your house? You know, and especially if you've been somebody who's been on the fence about, it. do I jump into the Xbox ecosystem like, what a, if, with a $30 price point a month? You're like, okay. Yeah. And plus, like... Plus, in six months, you're already kind of bought in and invested at that point. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, I'm halfway done. So if they don't impress at E3, for example, because yeah. I think Microsoft, even though there are different people there, they f- still feel the pain of that 2013 E3, oh, where it was the pre-orders were killing them between the May conference and E3. Then Sony came out and basically put their heel on their neck. Yeah. yeah. So whatever Sony has planned... You'll ha- already have a built-in audience of people who are diehard and interested and like are already invested in getting a Scarlet by that point. Yeah. Not to mention, like you're talking about, too, it's just the fact that I think if you don't have an Xbox right now, like you probably aren't planning on buying one soon. Yeah. But again, t- oh, if I, it's going to be – you start doing the math of how much those 12 payments of you know 30 bucks are going to cost you to get to the end there in a year yeah. and then upgrade to the Scarlet. You're like, maybe, why not? Try all this different stuff. Get yeah. on Game Pass. Let alone the fact that again, even if you cancel, you're still getting the box, and you assume buying games, subscribing to Game Pass, giving them more inc- income that Xbox isn't getting right now. Mm-hmm. This is all about in this race that they've lost, and not you know again, PlayStation just runaway success, and not that Xbox didn't do well this year, but or uh, generation. This race they've lost, it literally is about just scrounge for every dollar you can. Yeah. Get every dollar we possibly can out of the Xbox One X. Plus, I mean, the, One. the last year of a console is historically the hardest time to actually sell that console. So, like, regardless of all the other games... <laughs> got tied up in my cord. <laughs> all, all the other, uh, like, game releases and big things you're putting out there, those are usually software sales. And Sony has noticed this, too, that soft hardware sales start going down as a oh, new sure. console gets announced and all that stuff. Well, I guess they'd be at holdover. I'll wait, right? Yeah. I heard you and Tim talking about, you know, uh, Death Stranding, right? And yeah. how coming to PC is cool, but it also means that it would be... An, I'm sure those settings, whether it be a new version of the game or a patch are going to make, on PlayStation 5, you probably will have the high-end PC settings you can run with. Right. And so it's like, if it's backwards compatible, well, especially not knowing, like, mm-hmm. well, do I pull the trigger on 60 bucks now when I'm inundated with amazing games? Yeah, it's hard to convince people to buy a new console at the last part of the generation because the planned obsolescence of it is it won't work, or not, not won't work, but won't be the new hotness. It won't be the year. best, yeah. 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 So getting them to, like, Hey, if you just do this thing, you'll get into the next thing. It's we're gonna wave you in yeah. into the next tier when you like when that time comes around. So just go ahead and enjoy this year now. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Play Outer Worlds. Play any of the other games. After Party Game Pass. Yeah. No. Number three. This is an interesting one, ladies and gentlemen. It appears Kotaku is going to war with its owner. <laughs> uh, this is a. The, yesterday they put up a thing. I'm just, I'm going from a couple things, but we're going to start with Jason Schreier's tweets. If the atrocious ads, this is from yesterday, Schreier. If the atrocious ads on our website are bothering you, here is how to contact Kotaku's new private equity owner management team. Smiley emoji. Then it linked to a Kotaku article that was a statement that went across all the different. Uh, 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 what. N- Former Gawker, now what? Go. No, that's right. Gizmodo. Go, yeah, Gizmodo stuff. Yeah, yeah Go Media. G slash O Media uh, sites. Here's how this reads. That was on everybody's, everybody's site. We have received a great deal of feedback from you, our readers, about the sound on autoplay videos that have been inundating our sites. 
We want you to know that we hear you, that we take those complaints seriously, and that we, the writers, editors, and video producers of Deadspin, I'm reading the Deadspin version, are as upset with the current state of our site's user experience as you are. We think it is important to let you know that the editorial staff does not control the ad experience on the site, and that we understand that Deadspin is nothing without its readers, so your complaints are our complaints. Editorial staff, staffers at all levels of this company have made our concerns known in various conversations with the member of Go Media's senior leadership team. We think it would be good for them to hear from you as well, so we invite you to, and this is a hyperlink, submit feedback about our site's current user experience. This email address goes to Go Media's CEO, editorial director, as well as the editors in chiefs of Deadspin, Gizmodo, uh, Jalopnik, Jalopnik, yeah, okay, yeah. Jezebel, Kotaku, Lifehacker, and The Root. Please keep your comments respectful. I saw that go up. I read the Kotaku version right. originally, and I was like, damn, ballsy fucking move. But yeah, go for it. You know what I mean? It's like an interesting way because I know when uh, Go Media did buy it, there was this conversation of like, we're still us, and we're not going to let them change and right. see how this is. I remember Jason specifically defending Kotaku, like nothing's going to change. Right. We're still Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I'm on the tr- plane yesterday with internet Wi-Fi, and I'm getting stuff ready for kind of funny. I'm seeing things pop. I saw a whole bunch of different people. Originally, the Deadspin people start talking about how, hey, that article got deleted from our website, and none of us did it. Yeah. And then Jason tweeted, the article is no longer off. Up. The staff of Kotaku did not remove it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. That's how you talk about a corporate owner without actually saying, hey, they did this thing to us. Yeah, exactly. So it went down across all the sites that it was up on. Uh, then uh, the GMG Union, which is you know, the games writers or whatever, who are, you know, make up Kotaku and a whole bunch of different places. Right. Uh, they put, put up a, th- a three-part uh, tweet. Here's how this reads. The GMG Union has been informed that posts across our websites asking for reader feedback on an autoplay ad campaign were taken down by management. We condemn this action in the strongest possible terms. Per the statement, the email for submitting reader feedback on the autoplay issue is, then it's this uh, G-Co media feedback at googlegroups.com. Then they, uh, hours later, put up this statement. Our bosses heard from so many of you that they've disabled forwarding for this email address. Direct action works, and they're scared of it. We've spent the morning planning next steps. Stay tuned, and thank you for standing with us. The powder keg is about to blow on this one, Imran. There, so there's a little bit more backstory to this Please one. Please give it all to me. Uh, yesterday, Deadspin also pointed out that they were recently told by Gizmodo that they oh, can... Oh, yeah, yes. stick to sports, right? Yeah, they cannot talk about anything political or whatever with regard to like their entire st- site content, which presumably also filters down to Kotaku and stuff like that. Yeah. They didn't say that outright, but... You said Gizmodo. Do you mean GoMedia? GoMedia. I'm, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm hazy on what the definitions and lines are. Um, right. And the, the, that was in response to reporting the whole Trump at the... Uh, oh, the baseball thing? Yeah. yeah. When they're getting booed at the Nationals? Yeah. yeah. But it's also a larger conversation about Colin Kaepernick and things like that that... Yeah. Deadspin has covered extensively because you can't really cover sports, especially as it intersects with our lives, without also covering politics in some terms. So Deadspin obviously not very happy with this. Yeah. So when this like thing happened of talk, here's Gizmodo's email address. My assumption was it wasn't entirely about the the ads. Just the ads. It was hey, this thing is happening to one of our sites. It's probably going to happen to all of them. Here's an email address that reaches all of everybody you need to reach. So I suspect that some of that commentary went that there, too. I knew it. I was like, this is one of those where I should refresh the internet. GMG Union tweets two minutes ago, Earlier today, Jim Spanfeller, CEO of Go Media, fired our colleague and longtime Deadspin deputy editor, Barry Pacheski. Pacheski. Uh, this will not stand. We will have updates soon. Yeah. 
I think yeah, I saw him. Right it's exploding as we speak. <laughs> I yeah. warned you all. Right, right before he went on, they specifically said like, or he just posted a tweet saying like, "Hi, I've been fired from Deadspin for not sticking to sports." Holy shit, dude! Which, yeah, I this is a powder keg. This, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. And I say this as somebody who currently has an application to Kotaku in the works. I don't know what they're <laughs> thinking. Do you still want to work there? Mm, that's a larger question yeah. that if it ever came to me in a conversation with Steven Totilo, it would have to come up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, I mean, what what do you think? The What are we about to see, you think? I think... You assume a walkout. You assume... I assume a walkout, yeah. uh, I assume the union... It is very smart of them to have gotten... Like, this union was set up, uh, I believe, when they were at Univision. Like, But they... I assume all of that is going to have to come to a head soon, where the union is going to have to need to start organizing and probably get this job reinstated and get... For all the complaints I have about GameStop, they never got involved in Game Informer ever. Like all That's these people I mean. always had these conspiracy theories of like, oh well, clearly Game Informer is doing this because GameStop is the whatever. Yeah. No, they they just cut checks. They didn't give a shit what we did until they did. But until they had to. Yeah. <laughs> but I the idea of the corporate owner getting that involved. To del- yeah, somebody's going into your CMS and deleting these articles that isn't the editorial yeah. staff. That's fucked up. And to not tell the editors and chiefs that's happening. Yeah. Like, that is one thing to say, like, hey, we don't like this. We want you to change it. That is oppressive and obviously terrible. Yeah. But it's not necessarily, you know, out of the realm of possibility. This one is like, that's Banana Republic kind of thing of, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to let you do this at all, and we're not even going to talk to you about it. We're not even going to give you our reasoning. Interesting times ahead, everybody. Strap in. This is not the last you've heard of this story for sure. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, Ghost Recon put up a Mia Culpa blog post. This is Matt Perslow with a synopsis from IGN. Ubisoft has revealed in a blog post that it intends to introduce a number of large-scale improvements to Ghost Recon Breakpoint, including a, quote, more radical and more immersive version of the game that will focus on player choice and an authentic military experience. Quote, 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 we are aware that some of the design choices made have caused polarized reactions and discussions regarding the direction taken by the Ghost Recon franchise, explains the blog. Some of you would like our new survival mechanics to have more impact on your experience, while others dislike the tiered loot progression we have added. End quote. The blog goes on to explain that a gritty and authentic military experience is one of the core aims of the Ghost Recon games. Quote, in line with this vision and the feedback we received, we are working on a more radical and immersive version of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We also want to let you tailor your experience to the way you want to enjoy the game, since freedom of choice is always in part of the Ghost Recon DNA. End quote. The blog states that the team is not yet ready to detail how this will work, but it appears that Ghost Recon may potentially allow players to decide how impactful-slash-invasive elements like survival and loot are on their campaign. This overhaul of the game will take time, so so shouldn't be, it shouldn't be expected in the near future. Also planned for later on in the game's life are AI teammates, which were first announced at E3 2019. Quote, adding back AI teammates to the game is a major undertaking that will still require time, says Ubisoft. We will update you as we progress towards the release, end quote. Gotta do something when the CEO calls a game a disaster. Right, yeah. Like, I saw that while I was gone. That, yeah, the, the, the statement on it was like, yeah, a lot of things underperformed, like that breakpoint. Like, yeah, like Eve's Game Out was like, yeah, this didn't work well, like critically or like sales wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense they put out this blog post. It's kind of funny the way this blog post works. Hashtag <laughs> <It's laughs> kind of funny. Uh, kind of funny the way the blog post is like, yeah, we're still working on shit. It's not totally abandoned, but. 
Please understand. We yeah, yeah. this requires some time. Yeah. I as someone who did not get into breakpoint, I'm this is kind of what I'm hearing from people is like we're mo- we're moving on at this yeah. point. Yeah, like that's my thing. My question about it is: Is this a game that? And I don't mean saving like it's like desperately. It, is it, it? Can these moves make Breakpoint successful? Can it make it where people care about it? Can it be? It's it's not Rainbow Six, mm-hmm. right? Or when Siege came out and people were like, ah, it's not as good as it could have been. It was a live service game. A lot of people are playing. The core was there that people did love, and they wanted to keep going with it. Breakpoint really felt like. I mean, I, I it, it's almost one of those games that you tell me it's out. And I'm like, really? That came because like, it came out and nobody cared. Right. No fanfare, critical, no critical reception. I don't even see the audience being like, "Fuck you guys, I love it." It's I, I like X, Y, and Z. It's like it's just no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's one of those games where you move the rock and there's a million players who are playing it and loving it, or if it you move the rock and it's like, well, I bought it, so when they put these updates in there, maybe I try it and maybe I get going. I don't know if the normal, you know. For Honor life cycle, Rainbow Six Siege life cycle, you know, can come in here and help this game. Right. But those are good examples of the way that Ubisoft does stick with games yeah. until they do make them better. On the other hand, you look at another commercial bomb this year, which was not necessarily bomb, but sold under, expect- under expectations, yeah. was The Division 2. Yeah, The Division 2 was in the same room. Which right they did front. everything right. Yeah. They made that game, they solved all the problems of Division 1, but it did not sell nearly as much. Yeah. So... What does Ubisoft do in these situations where Breakpoint, they have a roadmap of what they should do. Is it just that the audience doesn't care at this point in the generation, like they don't need another Wildlands and when a PS5 is coming out soon? Or is it that the game just has a very easy thing that they can fix and then suddenly it'll start selling well? Maybe, they, maybe there's a timer on it. Like with the PS5 coming, does it make sense to try and fix that game up? I would say no, but I again I appreciate the like the candor here, right? Of like, mm-hmm. all right, well, like no, we're we hear you. We clearly made choices and design design decisions that weren't good. We were trying to do something different, and that was a bad move. And it's you know, mm-hmm. but I do feel like at that point the genie's out of the bottle. You get to launch once, and I it, and it just doesn't strike me. And maybe I'll be totally wrong. In six months they'll put out all the stuff, and it'll be huge, and everybody's gonna love it. Yeah. I don't feel like that'll happen, but. It maybe I'll be wrong, and it is one of those things. But it just doesn't have the same vibe to it as a, a it doesn't live have service a hook. game. Like that's the problem is that it doesn't have a community hook. S- Siege and For Honor and all that. Even Division One, right? Which yeah. is a game that like launched and people really dug. But like what a year and a half later, when they put out that big patch, everybody came back to it and like really dug. Yeah, and like Division Two, they've been adding things as time goes on. Yeah. Like they've been working on that at, as if it's a major success, but it hasn't been. Yeah. So again, that game sold fine. It just. A, did not sell. They didn't do what they wanted, what yeah. they were projecting, that kind of thing. Yeah. But Ubisoft does usually try to commit to these things. At some point, I imagine they've already moved on internally to next gen systems. So, with the delays of other games as well, like they gotta have something to fill the hole. Yeah. So it makes sense to try and get these games working again. But like they're again, this is one of those issues where a line has to cross the other line. At what point do they just cut their loss and go like? Yeah, this isn't working out for us. So, yeah. Like uh, the bottom of part of that of oh yeah, we're introducing AI partners. That takes some time. That should have been a thing that came in the like design document. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like, like you would want that one. Why why did they And I and I cut it early. They talk about some updates that are coming. They're yeah. still like yeah, obviously this wasn't their whole statement wasn't like we're working on shit. Like no, here's other crap we're launching like but, but it's not this big that, stuff. That's stuff that if you own Breakpoint, yeah. you'd be into. But if or if you own and still play Breakpoint, yeah. If you don't, then like that's not going to make you pay, buy the game. 
I don't know what would make you buy the game at this point. Question for you in this vein of, of questioning. Mm-hmm. Breakpoint, I think we all saw on the wall. Like Another Ghost Recon? Okay, that's weird. Punisher's in it. Neat. <laughs> but Division 2, it was that game. Of, holy shit, they're doing it right, right? Yeah. They've learned from Division 1, blah, blah, and it still, didn't, it still didn't hit the way people expected it to. Where do you think this leaves Watch Dogs Legion? I think Watch Dogs Legion is a different is different enough from those other games. Yeah. Because, like, the problem with games and service games is as we get deeper and deeper into the generation, and even as we hit the reset button next generation, it's not going to be a full reset, but it's a zero-sum game that you can't keep adding to that because people don't have that much time mm-hmm. or interest mm-hmm. in a new game that's still a games as service some people will move on there are communities that like in friends groups that just go like okay well we're done with this one we'll move on to the other one some people are going to stick to PUBG forever yeah or until they get drawn off to something else or dota 2 or lol or whatever if you start adding more to them eventually they're not going to hit eventually something just not going to grab the audience the same way so if you like if you're really into division logically you're going to move on to division two necessarily but how and many people yeah how many people are going to do that though how many people are still into division or have they moved on to PUBG or fortnite or apex legends or just stop playing games and service games as a whole at some point yeah like i think for that game specifically they did everything right but there's no narrative to get people like I don't mean like story game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but like narrative, real life narrative. Yeah, to get people to come to that game for it. Yeah, and that's Ubisoft's ultimate problem. That's I think a thing they're trying to figure out. Yeah. Watch Dogs is going to be like, hey, I like the story of Watch Dogs. I'm going to try this. But see, here's my thing: is like with it is Watch Dogs one. I remember playing and being like, oof, this misses the mark for what I want out of yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hang out. Watch Dogs two, I adored and mm-hmm. I thought it was so good, and I I stumped for for a long time, and like that was another game that sold. They were like, this didn't sell the way we wanted it to. This didn't move the units we wanted to. Yeah, and I was like, well, Watch Dogs is dead. And then for them to do Watch Dogs Legion, which again, I've played a D3. Yeah, that like, game rocks. I was like, this is fucking rad. What, I think when you talk about the narrative, the IRL narrative, we're back to a problem with Watch Dogs that makes me incredibly concerned for it. Mm-hmm. That the fact of it being like, you recruit your own squad of any anyone's a playable character and you can do whatever. I feel like when you lose that main protagonist, someone to anchor a trailer around, someone to say is the star of the game, I feel like that gets very hard to then pitch the general public mm-hmm. like you know i was i was, I was uh, at uh, the coffee shop today and on the tv i saw a death stranding ad and it's like boom fucking norman reedus walking out and there's a giant like fucking ghost out there <laughs> and right. it's like I, I can totally see somebody watching an nba game that popping up and be like oh fuck the guy from walking dead's in a playstation game that's awesome i want to know more about that mm-hmm. whereas i feel like watchdogs legion requires so much exposition from the commercial to be like this is what's happening it's why here's a grandmother with a gun here's this other guy and here's this one with a choke line or whatever it's like right I worry if like you couldn't get into Watch Dogs too, would this work? I mean, it's one of those th- pitches that works great for people who are tired of certain kind of video games. Sure. So you see that like, wow, this is new and interesting and innovative. I really want to try this because it's doing a thing that other video games haven't done. The mass market in general is not tired of their video games. Yeah. They want to see a lot of the same things they've seen before. That doesn't mean revolutionary games can't succeed. Sure. They do all the time. It's just that... Again, they have to do a better job of pitching exactly what Watch Dogs Legion is. Yeah. And I think when they do start doing it, it's going to be like, hey, the world is falling into an anachronist or anarchic, uh, you know, police state. Sure. So let's like let's have a game that explores that. That said, if that game I'll be like it's not political. Yeah. <laughs> if that game isn't out in February, there should be no reason it's not a PS5 Xbox 2 launch game. Mm, mm, mm. Like that should have been the pitch for it originally. 
And I, I'm guessing reasons are they probably started working on it. I think I know they started working on it while Watch Dogs 2 was being developed. Yeah. So right. it was years ago, so obviously they have at least this version to make. Yeah. But the best, I think, scenario for that game, the best context for it to exist, would have been, and this is what we can do with the power of the new consoles. But that's no. what they did with the reveal of the first Watch, Watch Dogs, Dogs They did. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they had well, to pare it happens. down. But, yeah, but again... What if anything, like what they presented when they revealed Watch Dogs Legion, if they said, like, this is what we can do with the power of next gen, and then if anything was different from that reveal of, with them talking about next gen and all that stuff, mm -hmm. people would, that when that game launches, all people would do is would be compare it to the uh, launch of Watch Dogs 1, how it all circled back to them making promises that they couldn't keep of, like, what this game was. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that would have been a good move uh, for, True. for them to bring up those memories of what Watch Dogs 1 did to that franchise. But at the end already. of the day, that, that game sold like 10 million copies and Watch Dogs 2 didn't. So like if you're Ubisoft and you're trying to figure out, like look at the Excel sheet of what, mm. like what, which one you should do. It tends to work out, especially if you're going to deliver. Yeah, I mean, like I think Watch Dogs Legion, from what we've played and what we see, delivers from what we know on the promise of it. I'm totally and blanking on the designer's name, but like he worked on Far Cry Two. Yeah, like, I interviewed him too. Yeah, uh, I, shit, fuck yeah. yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I think they're going to deliver on it, and I do think that, it, especially with as easy as it's supposed to be for this, you know, next generation is just going to be an upgrade to a better PC kind of thing. Right. I feel like it'd be easy enough to toss that in. And what you're saying makes the most sense is that remember, like, regardless of how good any video game consoles launch is. Is, it's still not as good as it is a year later when there's like dozens and dozens of games out there. Mm -hmm. So if Watch Dogs Legion was a launch title on these things, it would sell really well. Would it sell better than it's going to sell on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, etc.? Mm -hmm. Don't know. That's a gamble you take. Yeah. But I would argue it probably would. I feel like you'd at least have more buzz about it. Yeah. I don't know. We're still, it, I mean, it's a 2020 game, so we'll see. And the rumors Clint are Hawking, right now. Uh, what nanobiologists talked about? Yes, that yeah. was it. But, uh, the rumors right now are an Assassin's Creed game for, if not launched, and pretty close to it. That makes so, sense, because yeah. I remember they were doing taking this year off to get going on this. But week. doesn't that hurt Watch Dogs more that if you're at E3 saying, here's our last-gen game, and also here's our next-gen well, game. Help me, because I was on vacation. The it, it, Watch Dogs is delayed, right? Yes. But they didn't, is it just a fiscal year thing is where it's like still in the they, window? They only said it's in the... So it could technically be April 1st, honestly. Yeah, yeah It yeah. could be that like immediately after. But it also could be like summer or yeah, yeah, in, yeah. even into next year. Yeah. And that's, yeah, totally a problem. If a new Assassin's Creed is coming, it's going to eat this thing's lunch. Yeah. Because that's a franchise people are still super stoked about. And I do, do it, it, you don't need, you don't know, not know what that is. I feel like Watch Dogs is still searches for its identity. You know, there's hacking involved. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still searching for that, like, oh, I know what a Watch Dogs game is. I mean, honestly, when I think about Watch Dogs, I still think about how much I disliked that first game, even mm -hmm. though I liked the second one a lot. Yeah. And like, if that's the overriding thought in my head, then that's a problem. Yeah, it ha doesn't have a good brand identity still. Yeah, all right, we'll see everybody. Uh, fourth and finally, no fifth. Fuck, I thought I had a good one there. <laughs> fifth and finally on the Roper Report, the Japanese government has honored Miyamoto. This is Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku. Each year, the Japanese government honors people for their important cultural contributions. Included in this year's Person of Col Cultural Merit honorees is Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto. Congrats! Those awarded with the merit come from a variety of fields, including the arts, music, science, and academia. Uh, Twenty individuals were named as Person of Cultural Merit recipients, including Mr. Miyamoto. Congratulations. Yeah, good for him. Indeed.
Nobody talks about him enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's about time he got the credit he deserved. I mean, he's kind of slowly sliding into retirement at this point. He got promoted to creative fellow at Nintendo a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which I think just means he oversees, like, a wide variety of it. Yeah. But, like, I, they simply... His day-to-day designing. Yeah. They simply said, like, the Switch was the first console he didn't have any involvement in the design for. It was all Koizumi, or not all Koizumi, but yeah, mostly yeah. Koizumi heading that project up. Like, he looked at Breath of the Wild, he was into it, but he wasn't, like, designing it. Of course, of course. And, like, he... he He's the, more like a producer yeah. now, right? Yeah, the like, story yeah, at Nintendo overseer. is, like, when you want to release a new Mario game, new Zelda game, whatever, or, like, a ba- major game for the system, Miyamoto has to play through it. And that ha- had issues with, like, Twilight Princess where he played through it. was like, I don't like this. So they rebooted it from the beginning. So... I don't think he does that anymore. I think that's all Koizumi and Iguchi and uh, Takahashi. They're the ones who do that now. So Nintendo's like, they're moving on to the next generation of their game developers. So to that, in that respect, like we still haven't seen the full fruits of that. I think we're yeah. going to within the next couple of years. And I'm pretty excited about that. Dude, I can't wait. Yeah. But that's still so far away. That's <laughs> still very far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go, Imran? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Why not? I missed your jingle. Oh, thank you. I missed your accompaniment, Barrett. You know what I mean? We're holding hands like this. That's what we got <laughs> yeah. Out uh, today, Police Chase on Xbox One, Dusk Diver on PS4 and Switch, After Party, PlayStation yeah. 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That's Bar- on Switch? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Switch isn't launching today. Okay. God damn it, Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand. <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody from Go Media go in there and delete Switch. From the uh, <laughs> yeah, they launch everywhere else today, but I think Switch... Uh, you started it last night, I yes. saw on Twitter, right? You're yeah. enjoying it? Yes. But I'm having really- PS4 per- Pro performance problems. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of hitching, a lot of dropped frames and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like a segment where you're kind of jumping in between islands and there's kind of a, like a cutscene every time where you're driving in a taxi and every time it's like the worst I've seen a game perform in a while, yeah. uh, which is weird. I, th- I just think it was probably not optimized super well for the there's, system. There's supposed to be a day one patch today. We'll see how that works. Yeah, I had, yeah. A, I had a patch last night, but yeah, I wonder if there's a new one. That was one of my problems with Oxenfree. Yeah. I, I had a bad performance problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, but yeah, I, I love the writing. Uh, I love the characters that they've introduced so far. Uh, and, the, and this is the highly, highest compliment I think the game can get is that Alyssa was also, like, paying attention and watching oh, nice. it. <laughs> and when I shut it down because I was getting tired, I just put on a Superstore or whatever. She was like, oh, I really liked that. So now it's like a, all right, maybe I'll, like, wait to play it again when she's ready to, like, kind of sit down and, that's like, awesome. watch, yeah. watch it. So uh, Sean Crankle coming into We Have Cool Friends next week. I don't think that's the one that's airing next week, though. And then uh, Janina Gavankar from After Party coming Ooh, in this week, nice. Thursday, on Halloween, no less. Will we be in costumes? We will. Anyways, Disney Classic Games Aladdin the Lion King on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz HD, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Disgaea 4, Complete Plus, PS4, and Switch. Close to the Sun, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Harvest Moon, Mad Dash, PS4, and Switch. Is that a Harvest Moon racing game? I think so. Hmm. Is that right? I don't know. I remember some. we made fun of it one day. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Resident Evil 5 and 6 on Switch. Atelier Ryza, Ever Darkness in the Secret Hideout comes to PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Vampire, Vampire on Vampire, Switch. Vampire, I guess. We, another Vampire. one I got yelled at a lot on when yeah. we talk about it. And I was like, it's a bad, I'm sorry, guys, it's a bad way to spell it. I don't even want me to say it. I it's can't a, imagine it's that game. It's a great well game, though. Yeah. A great game. Yeah? yeah? See, you say you can't imagine it running well on Switch. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be more at home on Switch. Because when I played it on PlayStation 4, I was like, 
this looks like a PS2 game the way yeah. it's running yeah, around it doing stuff. Now, going wrong, I know the story's great and there's yeah. all this cool like stuff to it. Yeah, like, a lot I'll of cool be right at home on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, great job with that 720p transition yesterday. <laughs> I saw someone like actually just recorded it off their TV. I was like, oh, oh, really? yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, 140 is coming to Switch. Thoth is coming to Switch. Poly Roll is coming to Switch. Uh, Earthfall, Alien Horde is on Switch. Mind Your Manas is on PC and it's Mac. <laughs> That's a good title. Yeah. Rampage Miami is on PC. PUBG Season 5 is now live on consoles with Miramar updates and Survivor Pass Badlands. And then Gwent is on iOS. Is PUBG not on PS4 yet? Is, no, it is. Isn't Miramar a Pokemon? Might be. A lot of questions here, guys, but I can assure that, yes, it's okay. on PlayStation 4. And I believe that, yeah, there probably is a Miramar Pokemon. There's also Miramax. Remember them? They made movies. They did. New dates for you. Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey is coming on December 6th for Xbox One and PS4. No one's excited for that except I played Devin it Sawa. on PC a little bit. I'm like, yeah. this kind of sucks. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Star Wars in review. <laughs> uh, Biker Fair Garage Mechanic Simulator is coming out November 15th. Deals of the day for you. Uh, Janae. Stitzy. Stitzes. Stitzes. Janae Stitzes at Games. Stitzes? Stitzes? It's S I T Z E S. And so how would you say? Stitzes. 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 Okay. Greater, we're both probably wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Janae from GameSpot <laughs> talks about uh, what's coming to Twitch Prime in November. You can get Darksiders 2, Definitive Edition, Planet. Laffa? That's got to be a typo on my mistake, right? I think it's Planet Alpha, but I wrote Laffa. Uh, <laughs> Sword Legacy Omen, ter- Turmoil, Double Cross. Uh, and then uh, Janae writes, In November, you can also claim plenty of free in-game loot and cosmetics. Current offers that will extend into the next mo- month include uh, an exclusive Jackal Operator set for Rainbow Six Siege, an exclusive Wheels, Engine Audio, and Decal for Rocket League. There will also be a third special loot drops for PUBG, three special loot drops for PUBG throughout November. Darksiders 2 was probably one of the most, the game I was so happy with for the first world, and then after that it became the most disappointing game I played in a long time. <laughs> like that first world was so good. It yeah. was like, this had Zelda comparisons in my head, and then after that I was like, oh, this is getting worse and worse as it goes. Yeah, I didn't play it, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't like Darksiders 1 enough. It was, it was a victim of THQ slowly dissolving, Sure, and like that you could tell where the budget was running out as it went on. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I remember it, to get all those Twitch Prime things, they have to have Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, you get one 30-day subscription to anyone you want on Twitch, give it to Kind of Funny Games. Maybe you're driving your car right now. You're like, I don't even use Twitch. It's so simple to link those two things and then give it to us and help us uh, feed Barrett. If, yeah. you're, if you're driving your car, pull over right now. Yeah, there's a, there's a highway uh, right there. You see? Look to your left. Yeah. Turns out the right. sirens are on your Exactly. You see, <laughs> you're getting pulled Look over behind you. Greg's behind you. I'm behind you. <laughs> Time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. Speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Escape the Invasion. Ever wonder what you'd do if you found yourself in the middle of a post apocalyptic world that had been ravished by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens? Looking for a unique date or game night that gets you off your devices and truly interacting with each other? You've got to check out this game called Escape the Invasion. It's all about immersive experiences, and they just announced the launch of their new post apocalyptic theme subscription box. From the makers of of Hunt a Killer, the popular true crime mystery subscription game that Jen and myself play, uh, comes Escape the Invasion, the sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth after an alien invasion. You find refuge in a government bunker, but is it safer than the outside world? Can you trust your fellow survivors? You think you're safe now that you've found refuge, but there is a council that creates and controls every aspect of life in the bunker. What will you choose, freedom or safety? 
With Escape the Evasion, you will receive a box of clues, physical items, and evidence each month. It's up to you to piece it together and solve the mystery and save humanity. Not everything is as it seems in this challenging game where you must decide who you trust. Your decision will determine the fate of the story, the bunker, and maybe even humanity itself. It's been called the Escape Room, delivered to your door where Fallout meets Alien. Escape the Evasion is a great way to get off your phones and connecting with your friends. Uh, if you prefer a solo adventure, you can interact with our online community, swap theories, and help others out. You get high-quality, handcrafted clues that get you lost in this post-apocalyptic world and make you feel right and home as humanity starts to be truly in your hands. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. That's escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames for 20% off your first box. Escapetheinvasion.com slash kfgames. Can you survive the alien apocalypse? No. Nah, um, no, no way. Zombies, I, I, I got a chance. Down, if I would lay slow, down and die immediately. Sure, aliens? Nah, they got viruses. I got a bunker with a console in it. I'm just like, where's the gun? You shoot myself. It's yeah. Over. Yeah, they got technology. We don't have technology. We don't got technology. Yeah. There, there, like, there are games where I've been thinking about this lately where if the world got sufficiently bad enough, I would just give up. Yeah. Like, it's like, fuck humanity. I'm done. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. I talk about it all the time. My friend Poe had this uh, long run. Not even a joke. It was true because we'd have we'd run those, like, you know, hypothetical situations. Mm-hmm. And he was like, literally one day the power is going to go out and you're going to kill yourself because <laughs> you just think it's over. Like, it's not that bad. Try to fight. But I never did. But I do like trying to brush my teeth. That's why I use Quip. Uh, we're all using Quip because it's the best toothbrush out there. But what actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miraculous trendy ingredients, multiple modes. If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health, healthier habits. Quip's sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses, ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you each and every three months for clean, new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. I know because I'm traveling for a week and a half with my Quip. I love it. It's great. Um, Good habits matter to a healthier life, so help form fresh oral health habits with Quip. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash KF. This is a great way to support our show and start brushing better, but you have to go to getquip.com slash KF to get your first refill free. Go right now, getquip.com slash KF. Borzen. Double Zero writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Good morning, Greg and Imran. BlizzCon is right around the corner, and there seems to be a busted seal around Blizzard's usually tightly sealed sink, causing leaks galore. And that brings me to ask, are these leaks intentional? Between the Blitzchung news and after reading Jason's article, I have to say, Blizzard might be at an all-time low, but getting people hyped for BlizzCon through these leaks might make people forget about some of the bad things and maybe not have them protest in and outside the con. And leaking things to the press is a clear political political taken from the po- political ta- move taken right from politics itself. Do you think these leaks are intentional, or is it due to a disgruntled employee trying to maybe take the wind out of the sails of these announcements? It could be either way, honestly. Like, obviously, there's no way for us to know for sure. Yeah. I when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, this does sound like they're trying to change the narrative. Yeah, change the narrative. We have my Overwatch too, everybody. Yeah, Yay, Diablo Four. Yeah, which actually, yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. Honestly, yep. like you let it leak and let people like talk about that for a while, and once once they get to BlizzCon, it's going to be so. Are these Overwatch Two leaks real? Or yeah. and then they get confirmed, and then yeah, they get yeah. detailed, and like all that stuff. On the other hand, Borzen does pick up a good point. There are a lot of people at Blizzard who are not happy. Right now, yeah. and I could see them just going like angrily talking to Jason Schreier, because I mean, Kotaku has a hell of a tip box. Yeah. That 
of, of this is what's happening with Overwatch 2. I don't want them to be able to take my work and use that to change their narrative. Yeah. So I could see that as well. But even uh, by yeah. talking about it earlier, you're changing the narrative, right? It's going to come out at some point. Like, it's part of a marketing plan. BJ Bernardo continues in this line of questioning, which the, the one that I think is the most important. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. This is hi, y'all. Who do you think will win out this weekend at BlizzCon? Will the protesters have a strong enough presence to take over BlizzCon? Or will all the games, like the rumored slash leaked Overwatch 2 and maybe New Diablo and WoW, be able to make BlizzCon a success? Do you think... Well, this was the thing when it was all happening with Blitzchung, Free Hong Kong, and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. We were so angry. Uh, Understandably so. I continue to be angry. (laughs) And it was that, man, it's so close to BlizzCon, but it's also so far away. Like, it's that weird thing where, like, we're all so fired up right now. Does that continue into this weekend? One, when you say so far away, my mind immediately starts to think about the mom and grop shops thing. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be ready to (laughs) It's like Pavlovian at this point. Like, oh, God, did I forget it? (laughs) Uh, Two, you're, you're right. This is the timing of this works out fairly well for them. And I suspect my fear, I guess I should say. With how traditionally the gaming whatever like community kind of goes, yeah, yeah. this sort of thing is they the new announcements will help them get over it. I think this is a big enough story that it's not going to completely paper over it. Yeah, yeah. But it will probably do enough good that Blizzard can start marching forward on this sort of thing with like new updates and stuff like that. That said, if this works out in reverse for them, like re- people have been saying Overwatch Two the other day, ESPN reported. It's not actually Overwatch 2. They're calling it Overwatch Chapter 2. It's more akin to Fortnite Chapter 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. That might... People who have only heard Overwatch 2, a new game that's not even built on the Overwatch engine, that they're like completely overhauling its entire thing. PvE, I heard, yeah. right? Yeah. If, if it's just like, we're building this in Overwatch 1, it's going to be mostly what you think, then that might be disappointing to people, and that could work out to a similar backlash. Mm-hmm. That said, if Diablo 4 looks good, I think people are going to be willing to... For, like. People are more concerned about what the company is, what the, what they have done for us lately. Yeah, yeah. And I think if they just stay quiet about Hong Kong, they don't ban any more people, whatever, it'll work out from a PR perspective for them. Mm. Not entirely, but over time, it'll start. They'll start taking those like first steps. Sure. Because you figure that's how this all works. Yeah. It is a news cycle. So IGN has to report and everybody else has to report on what's getting announced there. Right. Like, so that it already starts to not bury it, but it is, hey, this is the big thing happening there. And then there'll be the opinion pieces of how they did or didn't mention anything with Blitzchung or Hong right. Kong or whatever. And then it will be the news of, look at all the shirts that people are wearing. These people are outside. These people got thrown out. Like, there's, it could go so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, when. That THQ Nordic thing happened. Everyone was very mad. I wrote a, like a long the editorial. The HN stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then for the next like whatever number of months, whenever a THQ Nordic story happened, I would put in at the bottom like this was the like THQ Nordic famous or infamously had an HNAMA that they've still not talked about or what the repercussions of that were. And people were at you could see you were like, yeah, thanks for holding it their feet to the fire. And then as time went on, shut up, Imran. Yeah, like yeah. why are you bringing this thing up again? Oh. Uh, breaking news everybody Uh, item number six on the Roper report (laughs) Sony Interactive Entertainment to shut down PlayStation View of course there was rumors uh, yesterday you guys talked about that they They were were trying trying to sell it it. Uh, let me read to you this is from the PlayStation blog 
John Codera says, over four years, we made a bold decision to change the rules and revolutionize the traditional TV viewing experience in the U.S. with PlayStation View. We set the bar high and sought to innovate and establish innovate an established industry by delivering a modern TV experience. By completely rethinking live and on-demand television, we offered an incredible user experience that allowed viewers to discover and watch content in completely new ways. Today we are announcing that we will shut down the PlayStation View service on January 30th, 2020. Unfortunately, the highly competitive pay TV industry with expensive content and network deals has been slower to change than we expected. Because of this, we have decided to remain focused on our core gaming business. PlayStation fans can continue to access movie and TV content through the PlayStation Store on PS4 and via our partnerships with top-tier entertainment apps. With 100 million PlayStation 4s in the market today, our community continues to grow and thrive. We will continue to deliver the best entertainment experiences across the network, along with other key gaming services, including PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. We are very proud of what PlayStation View was able to accomplish. We had ambitious goals for how our service could change how people watch TV, showcasing PlayStation's ability to innovate, uh, in a brand new category within the pay TV industry. We want to thank all the customers, some of whom have been with us since PlayStation Views launch in 2015. We appreciate your continued support as we move through this transitional period and look towards the future. Is this what Codera is doing now? Just putting up these statements? Yeah. yeah. Deputy President SIE is just over there like, hey, that's what I was saying. That feels like if I were somebody who took over Codera's role and then demoted him immediately after, yeah. it's like, you get PlayStation View. Work on that for the next year. Thanks. Make awesome. that profitable. Yeah, can't do it, guys. <laughs> Close <laughs> it up. Uh, not, obviously, you know, uh, surprising news based on the rumors of it. I think they were trying to sell it was yeah. what the ru- rumors were, right? And that probably they were at one point. Um, but like they said, it was highly competitive, so who's going to buy? Exactly, yeah. And so many people, I mean, like YouTube TV seems to be, like Tim for a long time was using PlayStation View, and the other day I actually asked him about it because with this whole Crisis on Infinite Earth thing, yeah. I can't wait till the next day and get it on iTunes. I'm going to have to watch it night of. Yeah, and YouTube so TV like, is great. And I, he's like, oh, well, I was like, you still using View? I might use View. He's like, oh, no, he's YouTube TV. I'm like, oh, okay. It's okay. There, it's done. Yeah. And like, I my brother used Direct TV for a while because they had like the Apple 4K, whatever, Apple TV 4K thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is actually not bad. Like, it's fine. YouTube TV is better, but it is a competitive market. Yeah. And there's no real reason why you would ever really need to shop around beyond two or three options. And the PlayStation View was like, it w- it wasn't a thing that necessarily. If you had an Apple TV, I don't even know if it's supported on Apple TV. Like, there's an app for it, mm, no. but you wouldn't think to use that. You would think to use one of the bigger brand names. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. This is really going to affect Poe, my best friend back in Chicago. He uses PlayStation <laughs> View. He won't have any idea it's closed till January or well, I guess February first. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why can't I watch anything? Um. <laughs> All right, fine. We're gonna. I have two inside baseball questions. First is from Alexis, who writes in to patreoncom slash games and says, "How do you get so good at talking slash keeping a clear tone slash being upbeat while in performance mode?" Greg, you host a lot of events and never seem to stutter over your words. I recently started casting for my university's Overwatch varsity team, and I do pretty okay. But I want to get better, like talking clear and not stuttering as much. What advice do you have to get better at public speaking? When I in, I used to intern at CNN, and they had a thing where that's awesome. They they uh. They asked reporters to go to a weekly class with a voice coach yeah. who would, one, talk to them about enunciation and stuff like that, but also they teach you how to use the muscles in your throat mm. to not... Because like, even just a day of games daily, then games cast, my throat is shot. Oh, really? That. Yeah. They're, like, you're not supposed to talk the way you normally talk when you're on like doing a whole lot of sure, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. in a day. You're supposed to be able to like 
try and adjust your muscles a bit to uh, basically not lose your voice by the end of the day. I have no idea how it works. I've never taken that class. <laughs> that said, they didn't let the interns in. Yeah, that said, those kind of things, like, there are professionals that do help you with this sort of thing. Yeah. I, for me personally, uh, Alexis, the answer is, you know, you got to keep just doing it and you got to do it as much as you can. Like, that's, I don't, everything I do, first off, I stutter all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. You can listen to this show whenever I, as I'm reading and then I'm like, oh God, here comes a uh, Japanese word. Oh God. <laughs> and then that's where I start cracking or doing it. Like, if, if you're comparing it to like when I host a, uh, like the uh, 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 Guild Wars 2 thing or EA Play or whatever, like, well, that's, we rehearse that multiple times. Games mm-hmm. Daily doesn't get rehearsed, which is always why it's so <laughs> raw and whatever the hell it is, garbage truck on fiery. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, like, I haven't had a worn out voice in a long time because you get used I've to been it. podcasting yeah. full time for a career, like, if you include IGN, what, for 13 years now yeah. or whatever. You've so built like, that muscle or at least subconsciously know how to use exactly. it. Exactly. And yeah. so I think there is a, and granted, I pr- pronounce things wrong all the time, like roof, but, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I say it hopefully clearly enough for you. I've always been told I talk too fast, but I just, that's mm. just who I am and the character it is. For me, it's when my mind gets ahead of my mouth. Sure. That's always troublesome. Yeah. yeah or, yeah. like, my mouth gets ahead of my mind of, like, I'm reading a thing and then, like, my mind catches up, like, oh, I'm stuttering over what I was supposed to say. Right. The, in, the emphasis in this word or whatever. And there's good days and bad days. I think you can definitely see games daily. Usually towards the end of the week is when I'm tired, so it starts to fall off a <laughs> bit more. But there's days where I'm like, why can't I read anything? Yeah. And usually because I've had too much coffee. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, 2038 Pokemon CEO writes in and says, Hey, Greg, is the kind of funny team safe from all the fires? Do you guys expect to lose power? From Minnesota, reading news on California is worrisome. Stay safe. Yeah, uh, we are lucky enough to be safe here in uh, SF. Don't worry about us. It's across the bay. Yeah, it's we got, we got a big body of water. Yeah, it's a, when they say Bay Area, you think of like a suburb. I would think like Chicago land. Yeah. When in reality, it's San Francisco, surrounded by water, and mm. then you know two different bridges connecting you out to the East Bay or North Bay, Marin, whatever. And yeah. they're the ones having problems yeah. right now. They're the ones getting their power cycled. Yeah. We aren't getting our power cycled. Yeah, they would not shut down for San Francisco's power. Like it would shut down the economy of the Bay Area. Yeah, exactly. But also. Even though we're not affected by the fires, the the air quality is Smoke fucking is terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah like it was code purple the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is like don't go outside for any reason. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it doesn't seem as bad. It's not as bad as, as it was last, last year. year right. Or, last year we what. got the rain, which is always like those, this weird time between like when it's driest and when rain's about to start, which is when the fires usually start. Yeah. But like, if we didn't get that rain right when we did, the air quality would have been a lot worse. Well, yeah. you were, like last year it was. Well, last year was when there was like ash days, and there was ash in the sky, and yeah. it was it was fucking terrible. That was the one where like because the whole cancer thing where I can't smoke cigarettes anymore, yeah, or, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Not that I ever did, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like that was like literally where I, I couldn't breathe outside. Like, yeah, I had like that was like using to have to have like. Because of the terrible air quality in Cleveland, I had asthma, and then when I moved here, I didn't have asthma anymore. And then, like when that welcome happened, back, baby. <laughs> yeah, that when that happened last year, it was like, oh fuck, this is bad. This week is not nearly that. Uh, yeah. But uh, also, shout out to our friends and like thoughts out to them and whatnot. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Living in those areas, dealing with all of that, and like uh, stay maybe safe, yeah, stay stay safe. We're sorry that your power is getting shut off and all that stuff. It sucks. Yeah. I remember there was a run on air quality masks last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I you couldn't find any in any and store. And that's the thing now. It's like, oh, crap, where did I put mine? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know I have it somewhere. I digress. Time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform, game of choice, what you need help in. I read here. The best friends come and find you. Today, Ryan needs help on PlayStation 4. His PSN name is Ace Abueg. A-C-E-A-B-U-E-G. Ace Abueg. Hey guys! I recently jumped back into Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and forgot how much fun this game is. I also forgot how not fun it can be to 
be without a group of friends to play it with. I'm planning on playing Destiny during Extra Life on Saturday and was hoping to get some Guardians together to walk me through some of the raid content I've missed. So far, I only have my Hunter at light level 920. Also, if there are any spots open to some active kind of funny clans, that would be awesome. Looking forward to playing with everyone in support of those big beautiful kids. Ryan, a.k.a. Ace Abueg. Time to find out what we got wrong. We asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosters.com, podcast service around the globe. Nanobiologist says, fried Coke or deep fried soda is a frozen Coca-Cola flavored batter that is then deep fried and topped with Coca-Cola syrup, whipped cream, cinnamon sugar, and a cherry. Yeah. I very much want to try that. <laughs> Kebab says, El Shirta was a morning show joke where Nick legitimately thought it was El Shirta. <laughs> <laughs> He's old. Katie says, not that you're wrong, but can you say how long the hellscape will be on Thursday? It starts at 11 p.m. local time, UK, so I need to decide whether to stay up. It can't be more than an hour. I haven't seen the edit Tim's doing, obviously, but it can't be more than we an hour. We didn't film more than an hour of content. Yeah. yeah. Um, nanobiologist says we didn't mention an xbox access all access is available on amazon this time rather than dell or the xbox store there That's you go useful. yeah uh, uh dual oh i'm sorry ducks 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 says watchdogs gods and monsters and rainbow six quarantine were all delayed to q2 q3 for the okay. next fiscal year so, so july, july through december yeah yeah, yeah. um kebab says it's pronounced vampire thank goodness <laughs> okay oh uh, goodness god there's a nanobiologist says we missed some Final Fantasy event. You can find out about that if you care. Yeah, it's near Automata slash Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. I listen for the music, and the music is great. Borzen00 says Malamar and Magmar are Pokemon. Miramar is a place. So there you go. Uh, is it Malamar also a candy bar? No, that's a. Uh, no, shit, maybe this. You're right. No, I think it's Cookie Malamar. Okay. Whatchamacallit? It's a good candy bar. All right. I don't think they make it anymore, though. Alex Russ says I missed out today. A Yakuza 4 remastered digital download is now available. Yeah. So Can't if you bought I the bundle, that. it just comes in and like, activates today. Um, Nanobiologist says, don't a lot of people not have power in SF? I heard about it from Pear and on Giant Bomb. Is that only in the residential areas? They live in East Bay and North Bay. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Pear lives up in Marin, which is not San Francisco. It's Bay Area. And it's and being then, very yeah, affected by the fires. Jeff's in yeah. Petaluma, last, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, that's another one that, yeah, very different. You know, this is not like the main concern of all that thing. And like this may be like a weird thing to say, but like people like Jeff and Pear, they have very big and very like extensive video game collections mm -hmm. to the point where... I'm kind of worried, like, a fire could wipe out, a, like, a legitimate amount of gaming history in oh, North sure. Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's clearly the biggest concern. Yeah, obviously the biggest concern. <laughs> <What? again>? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thank you so much for watching. Tomorrow, it'll be Tim and Gary Witta hosting the show. Thursday, Greg and Imran. Friday, Greg and Tim. Also worth pointing out, we are doing the Kind of Funny Games cast as usual on Thursday afternoon. We won't be live streaming it, however, because of the Death Stranding review embargo. We will be publishing it, uh, Kind of Funny Games cast, on Friday, out of the ordinary, out of the usual, so we can uh, hit the regular embargo time. Are we with... dropping it at midnight that day, or...? I forget. I, is that what it is? I, whatever the Death Stranding embargo is, that's okay. when it drops and it pops. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? I saw the one guy tweeting, not understanding what an embargo was. And yet, was, yet Kojima Productions retweeted him. Of course. I, Norman Reedus put up an uh, Instagram post about it. They don't give a shit. Yeah. It's, trust me, it's PlayStation <laughs> oh, that's yeah. like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Kojima's like, people are saying they like the game. I don't care. <laughs>
Anyways, I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Nope, this has been the Kind of Funny Games daily show. <laughs> uh, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Watch it live each and every day. Until next time, stay safe. We love you. Goodbye.